You're listening to City Lift Church's podcast. We hope today's message fuels you with courage for your journey. Here's today's message. Where are all my singles at? Let me hear you shout. Any singles in the house? There we go. Okay. And so the next couple of weeks, we're going we're gonna to address singleness. And first of all, if you are dating in 2020, yo, I love you. I'm praying for you. I'm encouraging. I feel like dating in 2003 was much easier than dating in 2020. And, uh, you know, we didn't have any swipe right, swipe left, and all this crazy stuff. So you're amazing already. I want you to be encouraged. I, it's, it's really crazy. I feel like it used to be like, yo, I, I just kind of fell in love with the girl at my school or something. Now it's like you got Instagram and everything, and it's, it's just crazy. It is absolutely crazy the way people find each other now. So it's, it's, got, it's just bananas. I, I'm going to take you out and interview you later this week and be like, what is it really like? I've been married for 15 years. I would be the most awkward person dating right now. Like, literally, I forgot all the lines. Like, like, you know, romance when you're married with two kids 15 years later is not like romance after, like, week one, right? Like, I wouldn't even know what to do. I'd be so awkward. I hope my wife doesn't leave me. I'd be in a lot of trouble. So, anyway, <laughs> that's, that's my bit on singleness right now. And, uh, but it's going to be a great day. You guys are going to love it. And uh, to start this one out today, uh, I got a scripture that I wanted to get started with. And uh, I, I'm really excited because I'm going to spend some time diving into what, 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 what rejection really is and what does it actually say and what, it, what does it mean. Because we often let rejection say way more than what it really means. Amen? We, we often let it run much, much farther. And so we're going to talk about identity, rejection. We're going to talk about, like, why people might reject you, like what we could do about that and what's the difference between behavior and identity, that's going to be a really good part. And then we're going to talk a little bit about, like, what should you do when you're the one that needs to do the breaking up? And people don't really talk about that. Like, how do you break up in, like, a, like a Jesus-centered way? Is that even possible? What does it look like if you need to end the relationship? It feels unhealthy or wrong for you. And then, and then what does that look like? So it's going to be a great day. First, I want to look at Genesis chapter 1. And, Martin, you can come make your way up here as we throw this verse up together. And we're going to look at this together. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said... Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and the livestock, and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God says in verse 27 now, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And just leave that verse up for me for a second, if you would, Catherine. Here's the amazing thing. If you want to know what God looks like, look at your neighbor. The Bible says that we are made in God's image and likeness and that he made men and he made women in his image. You are made in the image of God. I think we forget that a lot. I, I think that life itself kind of erodes that image. I was listening to a TED Talk a few weeks ago and they said the odds of you being born you is one in 400 trillion. I mean, for the universe to expand the way that it did and not implode, for the stars to explode to give you the elements that make up your body. And even the Bible says we're made of the dust of the ground. You're made of stardust. I mean, think about all the stars that gave their lives for you. It's, it's like, it's crazy. And, and for biological life and for us to breathe oxygen. And when you start going through all the things, you know, to live in a world and to be you being born you, it's one and 400 trillion. You are a walking, talking miracle. But we don't often feel like that, do we? 
as we're going through our day-to-day grind and trying to make sales or get along with our boss or whatever, you are a walking, talking miracle made in the image of God. God made men and women in his image that men carry a part of the image of God and women carry a part of the image of God. And together, it's the complete image of God. And so, you know, when, when I hear some ladies like, oh, I don't need no man. Well, yeah, you do. Even if you don't get married, you need men. They're part of the image of God, and, and men, we need women. And, and mo- most men know they need women. I usually don't have to convince men of that. They're like, yes, I get it. They're, they're the good-looking side of God, you know. Thank God for women. Can I just get an amen for women today? Like, my life would be terrible without my wife. Like, what a boring world. If it was just us men running around, it would have been World War 17 already. We need women, all right? So, so anyway, I, <laughs> it was funny. I was thinking about, like, you know, how many of you did college dorm life? Any out there do college dorm life, guys? Aren't you grateful you live with your wife now and not 30 other men? Oh, man, that stunk. Like, I walked in a college dorm room a couple months ago, and I was like, oh, my God, I forgot what this smelled like. Thank God for my wife. Like, it smells so nice in my house. So anyway, so we're made in the image and likeness of God. And, and what happens to us is, is, is we start out, I think, so right. So Martin, come here. Martin is going to be my illustration today. Give it up for Martin. He's amazing. All this long, luscious hair, it's perfect. Okay, all right, go ahead and stand here and stare at the mirror for me really quick. So we're made in God's image and likeness, right? We're, we're a mirror reflection. We're made in his likeness. And, uh, and I think we, we could, starting out in life, we often are able to, like, maybe see some of that. And, and, and we recognize it. What, what happens to so many of us, and Martin, you can turn around now and face the crowd. What happens to so many of us is we begin to go through life and we get what I call labeled. We get, we get what I call labeled. And, and if you would, you can kind of expand your arms in a second. You don't have to do it right now, but in a second when I might ask you to. I remember in elementary school that I, I was maybe in the fourth or fifth grade. And at, at that time, my dad was doing financial planning and sales and insurance. And my dad is very successful now. But at that time when he was just starting out, my dad went from working from Wendy's. There's nothing wrong working from Wendy's. But he just had something more in his heart that he wanted to do. And he said, I'm gonna, I, can, I can make money, you know, in the insurance and financial planning and stuff. So he made the jump. But at the beginning, nobody really wanted to work with him, right? Nobody really wanted to work with the new financial planning guy. And so we struggled there for a while uh, to the point of, like, we had mice in our couch. We literally had to throw the couch away because we had mice. Um, we lived in a, uh, like, a, a trailer home and uh, growing up in Indiana. And, and it, was, it, was, it was challenging. And, and I, we kind of felt poverty. And I remember some weeks that if, if some family or friends didn't show up with groceries, we wouldn't have eaten that week. And God was always faithful. We always had food. But, but it really was a challenge. And so growing up in elementary school, we didn't have a lot of money. And so when school would start, my parents would take me to Walmart to do some shopping. Amen. And so, so we would, like, go to Walmart and shop. And I remember when I was younger, all I wanted was a pair of Jordans. Like, I just wanted a pair of Jordans so bad. But they had this knockoff brand called Jordashes. Anybody wore Jordashes in their life? All right, I got some homies in the house. And, and so I would roll up to school with a pair of Jordashes. And, and I was in sweatpants before sweatpants were cool, okay? And, and I remember going in, and I was already feeling insecure. I'm already feeling insecure, right? I know that my family doesn't have a lot of money. And, and we went to a private Christian school. And sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a bad thing. Because you expect to go to Christian school to get Christians, and sometimes you don't. And, and, and so, like, like we, I went in, and man, sure enough, man, I had, I had people making fun of me, right? And they're showing off their Shaquille O'Neal's. Remember the pump-up Shaquille O'Neal's, how cool they were, and you could pump those shoes up. And, 
And so I had some people, some friends, some, you know, the friend of me kind of thing in elementary. And kids are savage, aren't they, though? I mean, kids are just straight savage. And so, you know, they're making fun of my sweats. And your bow was kind of chunky back in the day, you know, all that good country cooking. And so I had some rolls. And, and, uh, and I just, man, they were picking on me, making fun of me. And, and man, I'm already feeling insecure. And now, what am I getting? I'm getting socially rejected, right? I'm getting rejected. And, and put that line up for me, Catherine. Insecurity plus rejection equals wrong identity. And if you don't write anything else down this morning, write that down. Insecurity plus rejection all of a sudden equals wrong identity. That now you are drawing from something else and you're pulling a wrong identity for you. And, and what happens to us over time is we begin to get labeled. And in that, in that day, in that afternoon when I was getting picked on and you know, and I'm already feeling insecure, and then now I'm getting socially rejected. I, I begin to pick up a wrong identity as a young man. And, and now, now I deal with low self-esteem, right? I'm starting, I'm starting, even at a young age, I was dealing with, with depression. And, but but here's, here's the reality. Here's what I really walked away with that day. I felt inferior. I felt inferior. I felt because I didn't have the clothes. And if you talk to me as an adult, do you, yes, Pastor Matt, do you realize clothes don't make you? Of course. But I felt inferior. Isn't it amazing how we pick up things in elementary school, middle school, high school, college, beyond, and all of a sudden now, insecurity plus rejection, wrong identity. And so, and so now, now I'm feeling less than, and I'm just going to write less than here. I'm feeling, I'm feeling inferior. And so I begin to pick up a label here. Somebody else just shout it out. Give me a label that people label others with. I want a little crowd participation here this morning. So, so somebody just get back at me. What do we label people in? What say what? Rich. Yeah, rich, poor, social, economic. Rich, poor, economic. Pretty ugly. That goes both ways, doesn't it? You know, you know what's funny about being labeled sexy is you begin to start thinking all your self-worth comes from that. Now, wow. Weird. I don't fit in. I'm not socially normal like everybody else. Why is that? You know? Dumb. Yeah, dumb. Not smart. Stupid. Dumb. Nerd. Yeah. I'm not one of the cool kids. Everybody knew where the cool kid table was at, right? And how far away you were from it. Or maybe you were the cool kid. And, and I was always one table away. I don't know what was wrong with me. Always so close, but not there. Any, anything else? Maybe worthless. Oh, yeah, so some major, major self-identity things. Total, total feelings of worthlessness. Yeah, I think we said, like, ugly. So here, here's what happens, guys. We're made in the image and likeness of God, and we start out seeing ourselves that way. But then all of a sudden, we begin to get labeled. And let's just go ahead and put that on your arm for me. Watch this. Use a little scotch tape. Scotch tape solves so many things. All of a sudden now, we began to wear a few badges. Let's put this one somewhere else here. Martin, help me out here. Isn't Martin just a great guy this morning? Let me tape him up here. I told him I'm not, I'm not going to tape his head, so it looks too nice. So I don't want to do that this morning, but go ahead and label Dom here. Sorry about that. Let's put this one on your leg, okay? Here we go. Hold that for me there. Martin, you weren't supposed to let it go, bro. You got to help me out here. Awesome. 
Let's put a couple more on here. One on this arm. All right, I don't have to do all of them just for time's sake this morning, but go ahead and look back in the mirror. This is what happens to so many of us. We live in a world where as we look at ourselves, we've kind of forgotten the image and likeness of God, and all we begin to see is labels. And every time we look in the mirror, all of a sudden the labels kind of cover that image and likeness of God and that zest that we were created with, and and now every time we look at it, that's, that's all we kind of look back. You know, one of the first things that I believe Christ wants to do after he saves you is begin to rip labels off of you. Amen. And you begin to realize that you're so much more than what people put on you. Amen. Can I get an amen this morning that you are who God says you are. You're not who people say you are. You can live your whole life trying to live for the opinions of others, but it will always fall short because God is the one who made you, created you, and gave his great opinion over you. You know, when a great opinion has been given, why listen to a lesser opinion, right? Like, we do this in society. Like, when a critic who really knows what they're talking about, when they say something, and you got all these other little opinions on Twitter, you're like, yeah, I don't care. I'm not going to listen to that. That's how we should be with our Father. Amen. When he speaks over us, we should let all inferior opinions fall. Give it up for Martin. You did a great job. You can sit down, boss. Thanks so much. I did that illustration because I really wanted to drive that point home, and I, I wanted you I wanted you to see a very real picture of what happens to us as we grow up. And whether you're married or single, I think you could relate to that this morning. But here's how it plays out in dating. We bring all of our insecurities into a new relationship, right? We, we bring the image that we bear. We bring the identity that we have. And I, and I don't think in any other scenario of life do you feel that more sensitive than in romantic and dating relationships because it's already the expectations higher, the love is there. The emotion is there. It digs some deep things out of us that maybe we wouldn't have in normal human interactions. And so it's, it's already the stakes are a little higher, and you just, you're bringing all of that. You're bringing all that to the table. Um, first of all, and I'm going to start with this. Jesus knew what it was like to be rejected. Jesus knew what it was like to be rejected. And Catherine, let's go ahead and go through those verses here this morning. L- look at this. I, I love this. Isaiah 53.3. This is talking about Jesus. It's a messianic prophecy. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hit their faces. He was despised, and, and, and we held him in low esteem. You know, when you look at Jesus' ministry, not everybody celebrated him. People held him in low esteem, like, hey, you're really not that valuable. Can you imagine? You've been held in low esteem before? Jesus, Jesus knows what that feels like. Go ahead and hit the next one for me. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. You ever walk into a crowd, you're like, yo, you're my people, you're my friends, but you're not received. You weren't welcome to the lunch table, right? Or, or you thought they were bae, and, but maybe not. He knows what that feels like. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. Wow. Jesus knows what hate feels like. The next one for me. Whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you rejects me, but whoever rejects me rejects him who sent me. Man, he knows what it feels like to be rejected. The Father knows that. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. I love that. Isn't that amazing how God can take the point of pain and make it the bedrock and how he took Jesus who was rejected and made him the cornerstone of our lives and and our faith. So Jesus knows what it was like to be rejected rejected. He knows what it's like to feel lost, and he knows what it feels like to feel pain and be forgotten, and which is a good thing. And here, Why is that a good thing, Pastor Matt? Because Jesus is able to relate to you and I as we go through 
pain. So I'm going to talk a couple things about what do we need to do when we're the ones that maybe get broken up with when somebody else initiates the breakup and we were hoping for more. And then what do we do maybe when we also need to be the ones that need to break off the relationship? We recognize this is kind of unhealthy and, and we, need to, we need to end it. So um, I have a lot of experience with dating before I got married. From the age of 12 to like 21, I was in relationships almost nonstop. They all ended bad. Some I did the breaking up. Some they broke up with me. My first relationship lasted three hours. I was in the seventh grade. Come on, somebody. Shut up. You did it too. And uh, it was junior high, right? So, but here, here, here's the thing. Here, here's what happens to us that I, I really believe if I can get you to see this, I, I will change so much about how, how you view this. When Jesus was rejected, it removed that person from his life but it didn't change who he was. Here's what I want you to see this morning. Jesus has been rejected. He's rejected now. He was rejected when he was on the earth. But it never changed his identity, nor did it ever change his mission. He knew who accepted him, and he accepted himself as the Son of God. He knew who he was and where he was going. You are going to get rejected in life. I'm going to get rejected in life. And if you're dating and you're, you're in that phase of relationship, it's highly likely you could get rejected. But you getting rejected, yes, it moves that person from your life, but it shouldn't move you. Amen. Nor should it move who you are called and created to be. And if you're insecure and you don't know who you are, rejection moves you. But if you are secure and solid in your identity, re- rejection moves them. And what you and I need to grow in, I think, for so many of us, and if you're in your 20s this morning, I think you could really grow in this, is is just your self-worth, your value, and a strong identity. You know, when I was in my 20s, I used to ask, man, am I good enough to be with those people? Now I'm getting closer to my 40s. I'm like, man, are they good enough to be with me? Because my life is good. I've done the hard work on myself to get myself somewhere healthy. Can I get an amen? Come on. See, all my people in my 30s, you're like, oh, that's good preaching, actually. I feel that. I feel that change a little bit. Maybe when we're old, you, just, you get a little petty when you get older. You just, you know, and, but I think part of that is healthy. And so if someone leaves you, it's okay. It's okay. When you know who you are, it's okay. I think one of the worst things we can do is try to make an unhealthy person be, be somebody in our lives they were never designed to be. Right? I've, I've said this a couple times, but, but the sailors got in trouble because they let Jonah on their boat. You let the wrong person on your boat, and you will experience storms that were never created for you. And you're like, why did I lose all my resources? Why is life so stormy? It's because you let a Jonah on your boat. So you get to the destination of marriage, the worst that's getting. And I had one of those too, and it just it needed to end, and it did. And it got better the moment Jonah got off the boat. That'll preach right there. We could just close the Bible and... End it it on that one. Some of you guys need this this morning. So we're so moved by rejection. But that's really a sign of you just don't know who you are. Because it didn't matter if you accepted Jesus or rejected Jesus. Jesus knew who he was. And he knew that he was loved by his father. He knew he was accepted by his father. And he knew what he was supposed to do. And he never was moved by the opinions. You know, even when Peter was like, you shouldn't die on a cross. We got to take over the Roman soldiers, right? Like Peter had his own agenda. And what did he say? He says, get behind me, Satan, right? That's a strong rebuke. I mean, I haven't called any of the city team Satan. I mean, that's, 
you know? No, the sound goes over here, Satan. Like, I, I don't say that to Dan, you know? It's like, love you, Dan. And, uh, but it's like, I don't, I don't say that. Like, think about how strongly he rebuked Peter in that moment because he says, Peter, you don't know who I am and you don't know where I'm going. And I can't live to your agenda. I got to be me and I got to fulfill what I'm called to fulfill. Right? So, so we want to, when we do get rejected, realize that's not the end of the world, first of all, right? It's, it's a strong identity. So, so why, why do some relationships end? I did some research on psychology today, found some good stuff. Why, why do people break up with people? Okay, number one, bad behavior. Bad behavior, right? Like, like when you were single, it was cute to stay up all night long and play video games, but if you're in a serious relationship with a couple kids, you probably can't do it anymore, right? Um, and it, it was cute to be a little reckless, but now you got to step in it. So, so behavior, behavior is a thing. But isn't it interesting that behavior is not identity, right? Behavior is not identity, bad, bad behavior. Number two, cheating. Cheating, people will break up with you for cheating. And I think you should. If, if, if you're getting cheated on on the regular, that's a sign, guys. That's a sign, okay? Um, and I, I could meddle on that all night. I'm not going to. Number three, anger problems. Four, unsupportive. Five, controlling, manipulative, or toxic. Six, withholding attention or affection. Seven, lying. Eight, stealing from the bank account, right? Like you might have a joint bank account and they just took out 10K without telling you. That is a sign. Um, uh, number nine, not communicating. Those are the, those are the number nine things. Here, here's what I want to say. Every single one of those things are behaviors, not identities. When we get rejected, we so often beat up our identity. Self-loathing, self-beating up. I'm never enough. I'll, I'll never be enough. I'm not this. I'm not that. We let rejection say much more than what it really means. Right? So we take what somebody might have, and we're all not perfect people, right? We're all growing. And I'm not trying to condemn anybody this morning. I'm not trying to beat anybody up this morning. We're all growing in our, in our, our walk with Christ. So, so yeah, I, I get it. But these are all behavior things. They're not identity things. So often we're afraid, man, I will be rejected if somebody breaks up with me when really it's just a behavior. And the good news is behaviors can change. In Jesus, you can change a bad behavior. We call it sanctification. It's the process of becoming like Christ. Isn't that good news, first of all, that you and I preach a message of change? I don't See, in, in the modern world, we don't let people change anymore. If they did something 25 years ago that we're saying that's who they are, Jesus says, no, man, in me, homie, you can change. I can make you new. I can make you different. Come on, I can breathe new life into you. The, the habits that held you before don't have to hold you anymore. The cheating that you used to be bound to, you don't have to be held to that anymore. The pornography that you looked at constantly, that's gone. Jesus can change us. He can change us. And he can set us up for great relationships. And so we don't have to hold to bad behavior. Um, and, and so most romantic relationships end because of behavior, not Identity, not identity. So if we get rejected, recognize, you know, anytime I've ever been rejected in life, I've always taken rejection as redirection. And this is where you and I really have to use our faith. I hold people with an open hand. Now, my kids, my hands are closed. My wife, hands are closed, right? Certain people in my life, I'm like, I think they're going to stay for a while. I kind of I hold them like this, you know? But most people in life, you kind of want to hold open. And when you start the dating process, now, if you're engaged, yeah, you can kind of close your hand for sure. But most people, you got to hold like this because here's the discipline of life. Until God defines who they are in your life, one of the greatest discipline is keeping your emotions behind the will of God. And some of you, you date for three weeks, you fall in love, you give your heart out easy, and then your heart gets broken. You're like, why do I keep getting my heart broken? I'm like, well, you keep giving it away, and you've never let God define who that person is in your life. And that was me, right? 
Like, I, I mean, I'm in and out of relationships constantly. I'm like, why does this hurt so much? It's because, dude, you joker, put your heart behind. The Bible says, above all else, guard your heart. Because out of it flows the springs of life. So if I'm supposed to guard my heart, that does not mean just give it away to everybody. It means guard your heart and let God define who that person is in your life. And, and then let emotions follow the will of God. And so some of you, that's, what, that's the discipline you got to exercise is i got to keep my heart behind the will of God because God doesn't want my heart to get hurt. I don't want it to get hurt, and i, and I got to do that. So, again, rejection doesn't mean identity. It, it typically means behavior. All right, now let me switch gears here in the last five, ten minutes here. And, and if I have time, I might open it for questions. Maybe not. We'll, we'll just kind of see. But, but what if you're on the other side now and you're in a relationship, now you see some of these bad behavior signs. Maybe, maybe they're listed here before and they're mentioned. Here's a couple things I want to say about, Okay. Um, if, if, you're, if you're constantly seeing a bad behavior, here's, here's what I'd first like to do. And this, this is just me. This is advice. Address the behavior. When, when you talk with somebody, don't say, you always do this, or you're so terrible, or I hate your guts. You're not going to get very far with that. But if you're in a dating relationship and you want to address something, uh, here's the best thing advice I could give you. Sandwich it, first of all, right? Say some positives. Affirm the relationship. Affirm the direction, address behavior, and end with affirmation, right? So you kind of sandwich that in there, and you, and you can point out. Here's the thing. If you never, if you are with somebody and they never want to work on their behavior, it's probably not going to be an awesome relationship. And dating is definitely the time to figure that out because marriage multiplies problems, right? We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Marriage multiplies who you are. It doesn't, it doesn't take it away. So if you want to address something, dating is a good time to address it because then you're going to watch what they're really like. You're going to see how committed they might actually be to the relationship. Are they willing to maybe adjust a little bit? And I'm not talking about core things like controlling them, manipulating them, making them change their personhood. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about bad behavior, right? Like you can address it and everything. But if, if they still like are not willing to change or the relationship doesn't fit or whatever, you're like, all right, this is not working out. What do we do? Okay, so, so number one, if you need to break up with somebody, here's a few pointers, okay? Number one, don't blame it on God. Don't blame it on God. Don't say, God told me to break up with you. What does that do to that person? It makes them feel like you and Jesus are now against them, rejecting them. I went to a Christian school for Christian ministries, right? I got saved late high school, go to Christian school. That line was everywhere. Two weeks ago, Jesus told me to go out with you. Two weeks later, Jesus told me to break up with you. Is Jesus schizophrenic, you know? Like, like what? What happened? That's like the worst line ever. You know, particularly if you're dealing with somebody that might be new to the faith, don't use that line on them. Don't spiritualize what you need to take ownership for. Woo! That's good in business. That's good in life, family, relationships. Don't spiritualize what you need to take ownership for. Let them know, hey, it's because you keep cheating that I just don't think I can do this anymore. In a dating relationship, you have every right to create Boundaries. We have forgotten boundaries in 2020. I just feel like so many of us have forgotten healthy boundaries. You know, you need boundaries. And how, how do you stay healthy? Boundaries. There are people in my life, I do not let them in my life. Boundaries. I'm healthy because of boundaries. Healthy boundaries. If, if some of you, you're so emotionally unhealthy, it's because you don't have very good boundaries. You let everybody pour all kinds of junk on you, and you're like, why do I feel so bad? It's boundaries, boundaries, right? You're looking for life-giving relationships, especially in a marriage and dating relationship. It's got to be mutual. It's got to be life-giving both ways. So boundaries. So, but take ownership. Don't, don't blame it on Jesus. Number two, which leads me to number two, be truthful and clear. 
I think sometimes the worst justice we could ever do to a person, even if we need to end a relationship, is lie. No, it's not just you, it's me. Okay, well, break up with yourself then, if it's you, right? Like, like what, what is it? You don't have to be specific. You can use the level that you want to use, that you're comfortable with. If, if you dated somebody for three weeks and you're ending it, you don't have to have a big, big explanation. But you need to just be truthful and clear. And they might learn something along the way. There was a girl in high school that I dated. I was not a Christian. She was a Christian. And, dude, I just was, I had this, the biggest crush on her, right? Well, because I'm not a Christian, man, we start sinning, like, straight away pretty much. And, and, and like, literally a couple months later, she dumped me. And I was, like, heartbroken. I was literally heartbroken. And, and I was like, why would you dump me? And she's like, well, I'm a Christian and you're not. What does that have to do with this? You know, like, I was, like, so puzzled and confused. I, I thought everything was great. And, man, my heart was busted. But I was like, you're a Christian and I'm not? What does that have to do with anything? And I was really puzzled. It was literally a couple years later. I eventually get saved through another, another friendship. And, but I look back on her, and I look back on that moment, I'm like, man, I would have dumped me too. I was leading her away from the Lord. Like, honestly, like, I, I, honestly, I was leading her away from the Lord. She dumped me. She did the right thing by dumping my butt. And I didn't like it. It broke my heart. But it was the right thing. And she was clear and truthful. She didn't blame it on Jesus. She wasn't spiritually weird. She was like, you're not a Christian. This is wrong. Goodbye. I was like, what? I didn't, I didn't get it at all, but I got it, I got it a couple years later, and I'm grateful for that lesson. So be truthful and, and, and clear. I, I, think, I think just so it's so important. It's so important. It's like the last way that you can kind of minister to them on the way out. You know, number three, be kind. You don't have to be hate-filled when you, when you break up with somebody. Be kind. Kindness matters. Even in saying goodbye, be, be kind. If you're dealing with a narcissist or a toxic, crazy person, like a Tyler Perry kind of movie that recently came out, right? Like, different story, right? But, but most people, be kind. Kindness matters. And, and, and you, can, you can end it gently, but this is, this is where I see a lot of our generation struggle. Move on. If you leave them, don't go back to their Instagram three hours later. Come on, come on, guys. Don't hit them up with Snapchat all the time. If you need to unfollow them, it's okay. If you need your emotions to, to get over something, it's okay. If somebody dumps you, yeah, you can stop following them. It's okay. Let yourself come back to health. Don't, don't re-engage. If you broke up with them, don't call them two weeks later and be like, yo, baby, I'm lonely. What's up? That's unhealthy. If you want them in your life, okay. If you don't, okay. But move on. Let them move on. Don't keep dragging them back in emotionally. Let them be free and you be free. Amen? Come on, nobody likes this, but this is really good. Everybody, if you're single, you need to hear this. And the last one I would say is don't date two people at the same time. What do I mean by that? So many of us, you're, you're with one man at a movie theater, but you're still thinking about the last man from two weeks ago. Right? You're interacting with one lady, but you still got the other lady on your mind. Right? You kiss her, but you're thinking of her still. And, and you're still dating two people. You emotionally have not gotten over them. I watch so many people in this generation go from one relationship to the next relationship to the next relationship. You're dating three people at the same time, and you don't know why you're confused. Give yourself time to heal, become whole, and free and clean, and move on, right? And, and how do you know if you've moved on? If you ever see them in the distance, you don't have an emotional reaction. Now, now you've really healed. It, it doesn't take years, but it does take months, Sometimes it might take weeks. If you date somebody for two weeks, okay. Two weeks later, you could probably go. But you had a long relationship that lasted six months or a year. You need some time. 
and that's okay, but go in whole because it's unfair to the next person to drag the last person into it, right? So you want to go in, you want to go in free and clear and whole. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this. God says, I know the plans that I have for you. They're good plans not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. God doesn't want to harm you through relationships. And here's what I have learned is while God wants to send you the right person, the enemy would love to send you the wrong person. Right? And so often in our own emotions, we can create the wrong scenario because we thirsty or lonely or desperate or insecure, and we create something God never created for us, and we hurt ourselves. God says, I don't want to harm you. I want the right people for you. I want the right relationships for you. I want the right dating scenario for you. This is something you want to walk into with some prayer and some wisdom. Thanks for listening to City Lift Church's podcast. Subscribe now to get new episodes each and every week. If you live in or ever in the South Florida area, come visit us on Sundays at Northeast High School in Oakland Park. You can also visit our website at citylift.church and keep updated with us on Instagram by following us at citylift.church.